Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the studios of WBHF. I'm Alan Sanders, and this is The Golden Life. And uh, a couple of folks are out on vacation. Uh, normally, you have Kevin Carroll in here. He's gone. He's normally the guy who hosts. And normally, you have Andrew Nida in here along with Mo Pyram, but he decided to ditch us. So, Mo, he, good morning. Good morning, Alan. <laughs> the, the troopers are here. They're right. The people the, who care about the what backbone. We're... <laughs> the, the backbone of the show. <laughs> Are we here. put the listeners first. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, great to have you here. Happy to Friday you. to you. Happy Friday. Happy this Friday. This is uh, The Golden Life. You guys are with Asset Management Group, and we want to talk a little bit about risk, which seems like a word we hear all the time when it comes to financial planning, right. about finances, about whatever you're doing with your budget and budget analysis. But risk is one of those things like it's easy to define but hard to predict where it is and what to do to avoid it that's right that's right yeah you know if you think about it like risk let's take uh, risk in life right the reason why andrew's not here is because today is his 16th wedding anniversary so well, congratulations so the risk of him coming to the show <laughs> would have been <laughs> I see what's the risk reward that. right but, come right. to the show or have you know an angry amy waiting for him <laughs> at home so uh i kid but uh but you're right but, but first of all happy anniversary andrew and amy and uh uh, yesterday was my birthday, so oh, well, happy, happy birthday. shout out to me for my birthday, <laughs> 42 years old. Uh, but you're right. No, risk is 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 one of those things that is hard to define mm -hmm. in some areas because, you know, for us, we look at risk differently because, you know, you go to a firm. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever done this before, but they'll give you a sheet. Um, either you do it online or, you know, actually a physical sheet to sign in. And they, they'll ask you some questions. And mm -hmm. at the end, they're trying to come up with some number, a risk tolerance if you want to call it scale of one your to ten. score what's your risk score right yeah. and it's helpful right because mm -hmm. it does as an advisor uh, gives me gives me something to come up with mm -hmm. to define what's the best way to invest for you with your with your ability to handle risk but there's a lot that goes into risk right i mean there's there's your composure you know like when things go up and down uh, when things are volatile and things are changing, how do you react to that, right? And there's more to risk than just, you know, scale of one to 10. There's, again, there's a, a, a layer of complexity that us as a firm that we take into consideration when it comes to really building out one's investment profile. Okay, so the first question I have is, uh, which to me may be the easiest entry into the topic is, isn't risk also determined by how far along in your career you are? Yes, yes, yes. So we would call that your capacity for risk in some aspects, right? So how far are you in your career? You know, if you're just starting off at 25, you know, 30, really getting your feet wet in your, in your career and you're looking for, you know, planning for your retirement, for instance. Well, you probably have just the capacity itself to take on more risk because you have time on your hands. Mm -hmm. um, you're probably going to be contributing over time. So even throughout the seasons of volatility, you're buying on the low, you're selling on the you know, just gonna be doing, you, You'll just be participating throughout time. So you have the capacity to take on risk. Mm -hmm. You know, you get closer to retirement or closer to using the funds, right? Not just retirement. Think about... You know, if you're saving for your kid's education, you know, when they're six months old, yeah, take the risk all you want. When they're 15 and you're planning to use it for college, well, it's only three years away. Mm -hmm. So you may not want to take as much risk with your 529 plan or whatever funds you're using for education because you have a three-year time horizon where you're going to have to use it. But, yeah, the sort of closer you get to actually using those funds, your risk could tend to potentially shift and get a little lower. 
because, okay, now I'm going to have to actually use these dollars. I think uh, the other component that goes with it, when you are younger, you can weather a a storm, if you will. You may, your stock may take a hit, but you know over time, generally your stocks will perform if you've done some due diligence ahead of time. That's right. So yeah, you may have a five or six, maybe even a 10-year window where you go, gosh, I really didn't make a lot, but then it always recovers. If That's you right. look at any sliding 10-year window. But if you're within 10 years of needing the money, mm-hmm. you might say, well, I can't weather this storm if something goes wonky. So now what do I do? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- think about, um, you know, if you think about last year, right? I mean, uh, all major indices were down at some level, right? It, down somewhere between 6% to 33% if you look at the NASDAQ. And so, yeah, if you look at, you know, if you're 10 years uh, away from retirement and you took a 30% loss in your portfolio, you're like, crap, that right. sucks, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but look at <laughs> yeah. the NASDAQ this year, up 27, almost 28%, right? So mm-hmm. you, if you didn't bail on investing overall and continued in, and investing in that same strategy, for instance, you're, you're looking pretty good this year. Now, just to be clear, even though it's up, it hasn't still recovered fully. No, no, which is, which is interesting from, I think from January of last year, so January 22 to this year, I think Nasdaq is still down like fifteen percent, some something around there, mm-hmm. around there. Give it plus or minus one or two percent. So even with a twenty-seven percent return this year, it's still down like fifteen percent. If you right. look at an eighteen-month window, and that's the other thing we have to remember is you can't just look because it's so easy. And I get it. It's why, and I, I get frustrated when it comes to like inflation numbers. They go, "Oh, inflation's so much better this time last year." I'm like, but. It still hasn't gone so far down. We're still, when you look at the two-year right. window, you're paying 15% on average more for everyday goods. Yeah. You know, and I love, I, I get it. It's a political thing. They go, well, well, technically, look at we've cut it in half. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's still higher than we want it. Right. And it was combined with record 40-year-plus inflation from two years ago. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention to not just the year-to-year, which a lot of times, uh, and I think you guys have to deal with this more, you've got the financial shows like uh, the news programs on CNBC, they'll do a segment and they'll give you like a 12 month snapshot. Right. But that's not a full lifetime snapshot. That's not a lifetime snapshot. Take a look, at th- listen to this. So um, Andrew is, is uh, Andrew and his friends are putting together a golf tournament for Adairsville uh, Sports. I think it's for Adairsville High School, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so that the golf tournament last year, I think it was like 32 $34, $35, something like that per person. Uh, that's what the golf course was uh, charging Andrew and his team to put together um, this this tournament. This year, it's over sixty dollars per person. So in a twelve month time frame, <laughs> the, it's yeah. double yeah. what it used to be. I was on the phone with a client uh, two three weeks ago, and she said her HOA fees went up thirty percent this year. Right, so. You can talk to me all you want about yeah, inflation's at these four and step four point seven five percent. It's not right. right. If you look at uh, what I tell clients, really is forget about what the media is saying. Look at your own personal finance. What is your personal inflation number? Right. Right. How much is your electricity bill going up? How much is your HOA fee going up? How much is X Y Z your grocery list? Your grocery bills going up? And and yes, it's good to see what the numbers, what the news say. Right. Kind of gives us at least as an advisor you know, a pulse on the market and pulse on the economy. But for the individual, look at your own inflation number. You know, and that's something I know we're talking risk and stuff, but let's look at some of the news stories that tend to not get as much coverage. More people are relying on credit cards now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And a lot of people 
I think it was 70% are, according to the study I read like two months ago with inflation and everything, are now in, in a position where they're financially concerned that they don't have enough savings. Hmm. So when you have 70% self-reporting, yeah, I've got my job, right. yeah, I can pay my bills, but now I'm starting to get concerned right. about my bills. That weighs into your risk factors and whether or not you even want to invest. Or maybe can you, do you have to pull back because you need day-to-day funds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So, you know, um, we found that those who are who can actually weather that type of volatility, right, um, they have a lot of things in common. You know, they have an emergency fund set up. Mm-hmm. And the definition, or not the definition, the amount that they have varies, right? Um, you know, I have one. We have one client that uh, the other day I was talking to her, and she wants twelve months of her uh, expenses literally in cash. That's what gives her a peace of mind, and she's almost there. Hmm. So she's willing to take on risk, even though she's not hundred percent there, but she's like ninety five percent there. So those who are willing to take on risk have that security in place, and then they also have uh, discretionary income. Right. So, you know, they not that they're willing to gamble. Right. But they understand that there's going to be seasons where they may lose Mm -hmm. and it's okay, Right. It sucks, but it's it's okay. The idea when you go to the to the casino, expect to lose. Okay, sorry. (laughs) But but my wife and I, we did that when we first time we went on a a gambling uh, on a cruise and there was a gambling in the ship's casino. Yeah. We said, okay, we're allocating one hundred dollars a day. This is what we would probably blow if we were going to go about town. Right. We decided, no, this is our discretionary and expect to lose it. And boy, did we. <laughs> it was a lot of fun losing it. Yeah. But we st- but that's what you mean, basically. You walked in with a game plan. Right. Like, okay, 100 bucks, we can lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucked, right? <laughs> it, but at the same but time, we had a good time. You had a good time, right? right. Um, and so... Would have so, been better had we won. It would have been better <laughs> if you won, right? Uh, but yeah, but, but that's what you mean is, for the audience when you talk about that discretionary money. They that have this discretionary that moment, income. that limit that you go, if I lost this... I'm still okay. Mm-hmm. I can still pay my bills. That's I right. still feel comfortable. That's right. And so it, it's alarming that you know, you know, the credit card bills are and credit card balances are at the record highs right now. I mean, it's it's astronomical. It's ridiculous. And you and know, it doesn't I, get nearly enough news coverage, in my opinion. No, no. Why would it? Right? Because it's it's telling consumers to stop spending, and the news coverage is, news doesn't want to tell people that, right? No. no one wants to face the reality that you have to make some adjustments. And, um, you know, we talk about having your budget or spending plan. I like spending plan better. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, and then we have a get skinny and get skinny. Everybody wants to be skinny. Everybody (laughs) wants to be skinny, right? (laughs) What do you mean by that? Yeah, I want to, I want a uh, beach body (laughs) diet right now. Anna in our office laughs at me because she'll always ask what we want for lunch. And I was like, whatever can make me lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes. Let me know what it is. (laughs) Uh, but no, no, get a get skinny, a get skinny budget where it's, Okay, you have the controllables in place that if something were to happen, you lose a job, your spouse loses a job, uh, you know, an unexpected bill comes up and you're like, whoa, we've got to we've got to change. Something's got to shift. Mm-hmm. You can you have a get skinny plan where maybe some subscription is going to have to be cut. Uh, maybe we'll downsize, you know, our cable package or whatever it is. Right. Uh, if we have a. Uh, a dining out budget, entertainment budget, well, that's going to have to be scrapped, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a spending plan that's your day-to-day, month-to-month. You know, if, as long as things are churning, we're, we're, this is what we're following. But in the event of an emergency, you have that get skinny plan. And I think everyone should have that ready to go. Um, 
you know, we use a, you know, as a family, as a uh, for the Param household, we have a spreadsheet that we use that we tweak and, you know, multiple times. But there is a tab on my Excel spreadsheet, it's a simple Excel spreadsheet. But if something were to happen, I can just click that mm-hmm. tab and I know exactly what needs to be cut, what needs to be adjusted. And I think everyone should just have that in their back pocket. Well, and that takes a little discipline, which so many people lack. They do. I will tell you, and it, it drives me bananas because I try to advise friends, my kids, my 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 friends, or my kids' friends when right. we talk about this stuff. When I start talking about, well, how much do you have in the event of an emergency? Do you even know how much you spend every month that you would need in a backup if you'd lost your income for a month? Like, mm-hmm. Do you even know how much you're spending every month? How can you create a skinny plan when you don't even know how much you're spending? Right, right. And so many of them don't know. Talk about risk. You're at a risk of losing everything because you don't know where your money's even going. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You want to give every job or every dollar a job description. I mean, you just want to do that. Yeah. And a job description could be, you know, to sp- that this is going to be used to spend for entertainment. This mm-hmm. is going to be used for, you know, dining out. This is going to be used for cable, right? It's... It, you know, as a firm, we're not here wagging our fingers and telling you you need to save every single dollar in your pocket, right? I mean, let's face reality: life is life. You get you get one shot at it, <laughs> and so right. you, you want to li- have some fun. You want to have some fun, yeah. But I think some people are there; they have blinders on because either one, maybe they are just undisciplined and they just you know just want to stay out of sight, out of mind, and maybe some are just you know kind of scared. Of of the reality that they are spending money, mm-hmm. they are going into debt, and they just don't want to face that reality. But the, the sooner you can face it, um, then the faster you can get to, uh, you know, rectifying right. it. I think, and part of that, and part of the challenge I think you guys have, especially with maybe younger clients, is there is this immediacy that's been inbred in all of us. We just want it now. Right. Everything's on demand. I don't want to wait. I don't want to save. I can just go put it on a card. I can go get it. It's so inbred in our even in our culture. I mean, we're a consumer society. Yeah, we we are. The, our our economy is based on you going out and spending money. That's right. You want you want to freak out economists? Tell everybody uh, where our advice is: nobody go out and spend for a month and watch everybody freak out. <laughs> but it's yeah, true. We're it's a true. consumer economy, yeah. so you have to battle the fact that our economy is based on you going out and buying. But at the same time, do you know where your money is going? Like we said, and. And you, how you instill that discipline to say, maybe you got to cut some things out. I use this story. Uh, my wife and I, when we had three kids simultaneously in college, guess what? There was no summer trip somewhere. We didn't go to the beach. For three years, there was no vacation. Mm. Now, a lot of people are like, how did you live? Well, we put our priority on our kids. We decided that that was our priority. All right. And we knew that I mean, we were parents. We, <laughs> we kind of realized there was some long-term financial implications having children. But- uh, we, we had a chance to do a beach vacation last year after having missed it for three years, but we brought all the kids with us. They awesome. all paid their way. It was They're all adults now. So the investment we made in them going to college, getting out, getting jobs, and being self-sufficient, we were able to play catch-up. That's right. And I think people lose sight of, and by the way, it was the, one of the most amazing vacations because we had planned for it three years out. We knew we weren't going to be able to do anything for a few years. Mm-hmm. How do you instill those kinds of stories and those kinds of disciplinary tactics yeah. when you're trying to help someone with their financial planning? Stories like that. You know, we share stories. You know, we, we share stories of, uh, you know, personal stories uh, from clients, from just conversations like this. And, and sometimes that works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it works. Uh, sometimes people are visual. So we can mock, you know, um, 
not I want to use the word forecast, but we can mock cash flows mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, if we're going to just take your example, for instance, right? Summer vacation, family of how, how many kids do you have? Four. Four. So family four of girls. six. Four girls. <laughs> Oh man! Did you at least get a, your own vacation? You know, to, <laughs> I, uh, a personal vacation. No, I just go downstairs and just pretend <laughs> I don't hear what's happening. <laughs> sorry, so, true dad, story though. Dad, dad, where are you? <laughs> I used to. Uh, side note: just don't lose your place. No, when me. I was li- when I was younger, we would always ask because Father's Day is coming up. Dad, what do you want? And he would just say, "I just want you guys to get along." Ooh. I totally get that now. Wow. What do you, well, now that they're all out, but I I totally got when the, everybody would be like at each other's throats. I was like, you know what I want for Father's Day? Just quiet. Could you guys just not cause any problems? Could you just leave me alone? <laughs> and they're like, for how long? <laughs> like, no, it'd be easier for us to buy you something. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. So let's get back to what you were saying. But as an That's example. Um, so family of six, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say vacation is, I don't know, five grand, six grand, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? We could forecast and say, okay, it, currently right now you're planning to spend six thousand dollars on your family vacation for the next three years. It's eighteen grand. Okay, here's part of the cash flow. Well, hopefully not eighteen grand, eighteen hundred. No, six thousand per oh, year. Oh, six thousand. Oh, six thousand per year. Per oh, year for so for oh, three years. You say, you say I got you. Okay, for three years, right? Sorry, so, I was I was going the wrong direction. I was thinking, <laughs> well, if you if you save uh, a third of that every year, you'll have it. But, so okay. this, is, this is this is the point, right? So it's like, all right, so. Currently, right now, you're going to be spending six thousand for three years, eighteen grand. Here's going for vacation, but you've got this debt. Okay, what if we decided not to go on vacation and use the six thousand to pay off this debt? Here's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Or we decided to maybe trim down our vacation. We still go on a vacation, but maybe it's not as luxurious as it was before. So we're going to spend three grand instead of six, mm-hmm. and we save that other half into an emergency fund, or reinvest it, or we do whatever it is, right? And just modeling it and forecasting it, and that sometimes helps because they can actually see it. Okay, right. Mo, you're not just talking about <laughs> savings, or you're not just talking about investing. I could actually see, quantify what exactly I'm. I won't say giving up, but I can quantify the decisions now. Mm-hmm. If I if I go road A, here's what's going to happen. But if I choose road B or C, oh, this looks pretty good. So so that's how we kind of help with um, helping clients make those decisions. It's it, it, in some ways it's it's a forecast based on adjusting your variables. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know, for us and those variables, you know, to bring reality to it, we don't, you know. For investments, for instance, we don't show, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12% returns compounding over time, right? I mean, that's just sometimes re- unrealistic. And to mm-hmm. build a plan around that um, could put yourself in trouble. So we, we put humble returns. Can, and if your plan, your financial plan can, can, um, we- can not say weather, if your financial plan can stay solvent with these humble numbers, these humble variables, then obviously the better returns we get, of course you're going to be successful because we've mm-hmm. already built these plans on these humble variables. Uh, we're talking risk and some of the things that kind of dance around it. And uh, I don't know where you fall on this because I do think we have a an on-demand instantaneous gratification world. Because when I was growing up, the idea, if you wanted to try to pay off some of your debt to mitigate your financial risk because you were having all these bills, mm-hmm. they used to say, well, go for the highest interest counts first because you're losing so much more money on those high interest accounts. And I get that. That's when you have a credit card that may be charging you 23, 24, 25 or more interest. Right. But I actually take a different approach and I because you got to have success. I think success breeds more success. You get excited. 
I've actually advised, which I want to hear your thoughts, pick your lowest balance, pay it off, pay your minimums on everything else so you stay current, Right. put any excess money you have on that low account, and once you pay that one off, you start feeling like, ooh, I've got one down. Right. And now you take whatever you were paying extra on that one and combine it with now your next lowest mm-hmm. amount and basically keep building. Don't spend more. Don't say, oh, no, I've got an open credit card. Right. No, think of that card as no longer usable. But if you, I think people feel better about sticking to that plan, even if technically in the long run you're going to spend a little more money because the higher interest are still going to make, you're gonna, they're going to add to that balance. Right. You'll stick to the plan of paying down your bills when you feel like you're making the inroads. Right. And a lot of times, if you got a high interest card, I think sometimes you got so much money on there, you're just like, I'm never going to pay it off, and you just get frustrated, you just get and, frustrated. You just, and you just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I I agree with that strategy. I, I think I think many wins, many M I N I, many wins helps helps the psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's almost some. You know, we 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 can. Um, chastise someone for instant gratification or wanting instant gratification right mm-hmm. but also reward them with some of this instant gratification right? right so if you pay off these lower lower cards lower balances and you just you could check it off check it off as a win mm-hmm. it's like like you said wow i can actually there is light at the right. end of the tunnel Look, this I did actually it. does work i did it i, I did paid it. one off i did something right, right. And now, like you said, snowballing into the next one, into the next right. one, into the next one. Until and it's and all that's, paid off. that's the discipline part. Don't go spend now because you've got a free card. You take whatever you were using to pay that one off and now add it to whatever right. the minimum of the next lowest balance. And now you're being, paying big chunks. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to that last card, you're putting you know maybe hundreds of dollars a month on that card right. instead of the minimum. And you'll pay it down. That may take a couple of years. And it you may. have to realize that. It could take a couple of years depending on how much you've racked up in debt. But we just got done start saying at the beginning... More credit card debt in the history of our nation right now. People need to start paying that debt off because right. the risk of not paying it off will eventually catch up to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, unlike our government, we don't have an un- unlimited <laughs> you don't have a printing press. Pr- printing press that can kind of keep <laughs> keep printing it off, right? No, someone has just to just raise my debt ceiling, Mo. Yes. That's all you need to do. Can I just call <laughs> Amex and just say, "Listen, I know, I know, I owe you ten grand, <laughs> but if you just raise my my limit to fifteen. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. I guarantee you. I'll fix this problem. No problem whatsoever. I'll use this debt limit to buy more stuff. (laughs) And then in two years, we'll just have this conversation again. Right. I'll just come back to you. uh, But no, someone has to pay it. Someone Mm -hmm. has to pay it. And um, you build these disciplines. And that's why that's another reason why I like the the strategy you mentioned before, because, you know, if you once you get down to that last card or that last debt, I mean, you've built these habits. Right. You're you're it's almost like automatic mm-hmm. you know and then the uh i was actually speaking with a client on um tuesday tuesday <laughs> trying to figure out what day it was and we looked back so she's been a client for seven years now and we look back at the progress she's made and you know she started with she made like 65 68 000 her when we first met mm-hmm. and now she's at 180 she makes one hundred eighty eighty thousand, and we just looked at the progress that she's made over time. And she started with like saving like fifty bucks a month or seventy five bucks a month, something like that. And now she's doing thirty five hundred dollars a month that she's investing. 
And that's because, you know, we've we've cleaned up some debt. Mm-hmm. She has discretionary income. She lives way within her means. I mean, to the, and when I say within her means, key. she's not sacrificing anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she just showed me a new, you know, Louis Vuitton bag that she bought. <laughs> and she was like, is it a good decision? I was like, well, you can afford it. So <laughs> okay, okay. I, I hear these things, you know, kind of uh, uh, they – they might not mature. They have some value over time. So like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, she's not sacrificing anything. Right? right. She's not like giving up investing. She stayed disciplined. And she's actually at the end of that conversation, she wanted to invest more. So she went from three thousand a month to thirty five hundred a month investing. Mm-hmm. That's well, amazing. I think, I think that's the other thing that, and the hard thing to battle of the immediacy of wanting to not just you spend money, but trying to keep up for appearances sake. Yeah. Learning to say, well, what what do I really need to survive? What do I need to live comfortably without being exorbitant, without being luxurious? Because right. I, mean, I think that's the problem a lot of times. And I, and I again, I find myself advising. I think it's the dad in me. <laughs> but I'm like, why did you need to do X? You know, well, because so-and-so. I'm like, but is that really a good justification? Right. If you want it for you, because this is something you've always dreamt of having, that's different. Yeah. But when you're trying to keep up appearances or you're trying to put up a front, you're going to end up getting yourself, once again, the risk of that is you're going to get yourself in trouble because you're not being more, I don't know, frugal with your money, mm-hmm. more judicious, judicious with your money. Yeah, yeah. And not only on the spending side, but that can even follow you on the investing side, right? Mm-hmm. You know, excuse me, that's where the risk, the, the risk comes into play too because- you know, when we look at risk, we're looking at capacity, which is your ability to take on, which is your plan's ability to take on risk. And then your tolerance, which is your willingness to take on risk for, for the rewards. Mm-hmm. And then your composure, how you handle, how do you handle volatile times and changes in, in the environment? So those are the three areas we look at for risk. How that can impact what you're talking about, keeping up with the Joneses or the appearances, how that can impact your investment world is, you know, if you, you may hear... Okay, um, maybe we took the NASDAQ, for instance, right? Up 27 or so percent for this year, down 33% last year or so. So, but you hear these fancy, you know, stocks that are up 27% and you say, I want that. I mm-hmm. want that. Even though you may not actually need it within your plan, but you just want it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you want to compare portfolios or you feel like, well, your, or your best friend is getting this type of return in his portfolio. Why am I not getting those type of returns? Mm-hmm. And you don't really put the, the, the two to two together is that his story is different than your story. And so you take on unnecessary risk and then your portfolio is down 15, 20% <laughs> and your expectations don't match your actual investment. Right. Because you were chasing something that you really didn't have to chase, and now you put your plan in. In, in uh, I was you. You put too much stress on your plan, and so that's one of the things that we can help in some areas, in the sense of we can look at your plan and say, based off time horizon, based off how much discretionary income you have, based off the lifestyle that you want to have at retirement, whatever it is, you, this is what this is the type of risk your plan can take. Mm-hmm. Now, on a personal level, how much risk can you take? <laughs> You know, now it's like, okay, when you see that the NASDAQ went down 30%, S&P down 18% last year, how did you feel about that? You know, when you look at your portfolio that was down 10, 15%, like, what did you think about that? And if you said, I can't stomach that risk, well, that's a personal question, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a personal answer. And then we, ta- and then we, you know, we will tailor your investments accordingly. 
And so I think one of the one of the risks that people take is trying to compare themselves not just on the spending wise to keeping up with the Joneses, but on an investment wise, trying to keep up your statements with the Joneses. And you don't want to do that. I think to go kind of in conjunction with what you're saying is don't be afraid to have that gut check with yourself. If you're staying up at night worried, then maybe you should be sitting down and rearranging so you can mitigate the worry. Right. Because that's your personal stress level. That's your personal stress test. If you're fine with a lot of risk, some people are like, I don't care. Because I know it's going to bounce back. I'm an optimistic, positive guy. You might be fine. You go to sleep. But if you're staying up all night, scared to death that you're going to lose it all, mm-hmm. then then change something. Yeah. Yeah. Make you a know, change. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can't tolerate all of the downside of the uh, volatility, we call that drawdown, right? If you can't tolerate the drawdown in an investment, then limit your or limit your expectations on the upside. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You know, if, if it's okay to get 75% of the market returns. It's okay. Right, as long as your plan is successful. Right. Right. So, you know, if you're you know, if you're fine with taking two point shots, you know, don't have to you don't have to shoot a three all the time. Right. And so Perfect you can analogy. still you can still win the game. Sometimes playing small ball, you actually get the runner across. Yeah. That's right. You don't have to grand slam every time you're at the plate. Yeah. Exactly. Mo, we are almost out of time for folks who are brand new to the listening audience. We get people are moving here all the time. This gr- this audience, this community is growing. If people want to sit down with you, get that first initial consultation. How does it? How much does it cost, and how do they do it? Oh, how much does it cost? It is it is free ninety nine um, to call us. Free ninety nine. Free ninety nine to give us a call. Six seven eight seven nine two five eight five five. Go to our website. Um, assetmg-inc.com and uh, just say you want a consultation we will we will talk to you we'll see what you what you want to do where you've been where you're going and how we could be of help the golden life here on wbhf every single friday following bartos morning news a chance to sit down with andrew and mo from asset management group and have a little discussion about what might be uh, maybe missing from your financial table <laughs> discussions and maybe inspur that on that's right good to have you here buddy good to, good to see you all right bye-bye Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Param provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.